Covering tactics, techniques, news, technology, and concepts related to emergency communications in support of the American Readout Radio Operators Network and disaster communications in general. This is the place for patriots, preppers, and partisans who understand the necessity of being able to receive and share information with others when conventional communications are disrupted or compromised. Welcome to Volume 37 of Partisan Radio. We are currently at AMCON 5. That is the lowest Amron condition level with no known imminent threats to our communications infrastructure. If you are a net control operator, be sure to announce the most current Amcon level in the preamble to your net script this week. We are now down to less than two weeks and in the final planning and organizing stages of our annual disaster preparedness and communications training exercise, T-Rex 2016, short for Teotwaki Readiness Exercise 2016. This episode of Partisan Radio will be focusing on Cascadia Rising. This year, the exercise will have another element, one over which we will have no control. Normally, we create a disaster scenario for T-Rex to base the training on, with the scenario building up to a point where the nationwide grid, including communications, goes down. This requires the use of non-conventional communications to get news and information and to stay in contact with others. That means ham radio, non-licensed radio communications, black echo broadcasting stations, couriers, etc. With the help of a small team of Amron core operators, we construct messages to enhance the scenario that we preload to volunteer Amron operators. They act as initiating stations during T-Rex. They have instructions to inject their message, news, sit reps, or other piece of intelligence into the scenario at a specific time and day during the scenario training exercise. Or at least that's when they attempt to get that message out there. The initiating stations don't coordinate with each other. In fact, they don't know any specific details about the disaster other than what everyone else, including you, know. And the one or two pieces of information that they've been given is all that they have. So that part will still be the same this year. And I'll get into the scenario next week. I will be covering specifically T-Rex. This week, I will be talking about the Cascadia Rising component of our training exercise. This year, the exercise will be based on a major catastrophic earthquake scenario. That part of the scenario, which will begin on Tuesday, June 7th, three days before T-Rex begins is a four-day disaster scenario scripted out by government disaster planning agencies such as FEMA, the Department of Defense, and the state-level emergency operations organizations in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, British Columbia, and I believe California, with a lot of moving parts, just like in a real-world emergency. This will provide a very unique and valuable training opportunity for AMRON, or any preparedness-minded citizen, and we'll be monitoring the airwaves and developing SITREPs, which will be used to start T-Rex off with on Friday. 
we've got some frequencies and some other resources I want to pass along to you to get the most out of the trading opportunity. Those are in a posting titled Cascadia Rising Resources at amron.com. I just posted that tonight on Monday night, Memorial Day. I'll get into that in just a few minutes. Let's start with the scenario. If you missed this week's podcast at Radio Free Readout, episode 1622, I'll give you a quick rundown. At approximately 0900 hours Pacific time, there will be a simulated massive 9.0 earthquake off the Pacific coast of Washington State and Oregon State. That will bring about catastrophic damage to all infrastructure in Washington and Oregon along the coastal areas. From bridges and roadways, railways, collapsed passes from mudslides, communications down, electricity down, and industrial emergencies, all instantly resulting in mass casualties. That's phase one. Phase two will be the tsunami that scientists say is guaranteed to follow. The following is taken from the PDF that we have linked in the Cascadia Rising Resources posting, and this document is titled Exercise Scenario Document, Cascadia Subduction Zone, Catastrophic Earthquake and Tsunami, January 2015. And this is for their functional exercise overview. Because the Cascadia Subduction Zone is close to the shore, the first wave will reach land soon after the earthquake within 20 to 30 minutes in some areas. Data taken from several reports and studies were compiled to develop this Cascadia Rising exercise scenario document. The analytical baseline study for the Cascadia earthquake and tsunami, a 2011 study commissioned by FEMA Region 10 and conducted by the National Infrastructure Simulation and Analysis Center, Homeland Infrastructure Threat and Risk Analysis Center. Oh my gosh. HITRAC is the acronym for that mouthful. With the DHS Office of Infrastructure Protection, this analysis provides a primary foundation for estimating the impacts of a Cascadia subduction zone earthquake. The HITRAC study is based upon a 9.0 magnitude earthquake along the length of the Cascadia subduction zone fault, as specified by this working group. The study assumes an epicenter approximately 95 miles west of Eugene, Oregon, triggering a tsunami which impacts not only the west coast, but the entire Pacific basin. To understand potential losses caused by this large earthquake, HITRAC used FEMA's Hazimuth 2.0 multi-hazard loss estimation methodology tool the tool considered the effects of ground shaking, liquefaction, and potential landslides on communities and their built environment. So, there will be medical emergencies with medevacs, field expedient hospitals, evacuations, casualty care, search and rescue, and recovery. Just a ton of stuff going on. Several organizations will be involved in this effort, from FEMA the Department of Defense, the Canadian military, the U.S. Coast Guard, probably Civil Air Patrol, the state-level EOCs, and multiple counties across Oregon and Washington. Idaho is also planning to be heavily involved as well, and they're planning on dealing with the disaster refugee crisis, hosting airfields and backup field expedient hospitals, uh, forward operations, for outside assistants who will need jump-off points before going into the affected areas. 
This will also include Mars, Military Amateur Radio Service, RACES, ARIES, and likely the Red Cross and the Salvation Army, and who knows who else. There will be a ton of moving pieces on VHF, UHF, military frequencies, emergency and EMS, uh, locally, on amateur radio, HF, HF digital, Winmore, packet, etc. Now, I want to try I want to encourage you to try to monitor, log and report any news or developments that you're able to copy over the airwaves. For those of you living along the Washington and Oregon coasts, especially, monitor local VHF traffic, Aries races traffic and EMS traffic, and aircraft. Regionally and outside the region, you want to monitor the HF frequencies. Now, these are going to be regional HF frequencies. So it might be difficult for those of you uh, too far away from the Pacific Northwest to monitor a whole lot. But it will be interesting to find out if that station in Missouri was able to pick something up, or Texas and Arizona and Southern California. I'll be posting the nationwide Aries state-by-state directory in that Cascadia Rising Resources posting. That's where you'll find your Aries Races HF voice and digital frequencies, including the Salvation Army and Amateur Radio Emergency Nets. That is already posted there. Uh, in those NIFOG and OXFOG guides, you'll find multiple different listings of interoperability frequencies. And once again, log the activity, call signs, date, time, and any other pertinent information about the disaster that you can copy and send it in to John Jacob at RadioFreeRedoubt.com. We'll be sorting through all of that in preparation for T-Rex. A little hint, though. If you have 60-meter monitoring capabilities, you'll likely find a lot of traffic on those five channels because it's a joint-use band, the 60-meter band. Both military and amateur radio share that band, so it's perfectly suited for interoperability between military and civilian. In either case, if you can digitally record the audio of any of that traffic, even if it's digital traffic and not voice or phone, if you can record that traffic, log it and save it, we'll be able to use it later. Uh, unless it's high priority traffic, then don't wait till later. We might be able to actually use it right away for the T-Rex scenario, which will include a second larger earthquake in the central United States. Now, once we get word that the earthquake has happened from any source inside the exercise, whether it's from an AMRON operator monitoring an Aries Racy's frequency or from some other source, Radio Free Readout will begin live streaming the coverage those three days. There's a link that I will post which will take you directly to the Stream Monster player. We plan to stay on the air, well, internet live streaming, with music, old-time radio, podcasts, and other audio files to let you know that we're there so we can maintain a constant pr- uh, presence. And I'll be breaking in to give news and developments about the scenario as it unfolds. As we get information, I'll be coming out with uh, news, breaking news reports. I also have access to a dashboard that was set up just for Cascadia Rising by the government. It is a simulated internet 
designed by the scenario planners with a mock YouTube, Facebook, World News Network, and other news and social media that it will simulate real-world reports that uh, the game makers will be injecting at various different points of the scenario. The Radio Free Readout will be your source of information throughout the scenario. Amron operators will be using this to these reports to develop sit reps that will be used to kick off the T-Rex exercise on Friday. And before I get to that, I want to direct you to one of the resources that I've uploaded to the Cascadia Rising resource posting. It's the FEMA NIFOG, the National Interoperability Field Operations Guide. I'm not a big fan of FEMA. I think they've fallen short in responding to previous disasters. They're so big and top-heavy, expensive, and inefficient that, well, let's just hope that they've made some improvements in the way of disaster emergency response. But whoever was put in charge of putting this guide together did a great job. It's an excellent reference for any communicator. You'll see when you, when you look at that, there's a lot of great reference material. Hey, it's free. I mean, after all, your tax dollars paid for it. So you may as well have a copy of it for yourself. It probably only cost them $5 million to make. But I want to direct, direct you specifically to Appendix D. That's on page 67 of this 124-page document. The, the FEMA Oxfog Auxiliary Communications Field Operations Guide. Appendix D has field expedient antennas, ground plane antennas, coaxial sleeve antenna designs. Go check that out in Appendix D, expedient antennas. There we go. I want to encourage you to make at least one of the field expedient antennas in Appendix D. Take pictures of it and send it in. Give us a report on how much time it took to make. Let us know how you used it. Was it successful? How many contacts did you make on it? If you have an antenna analyzer, what was your SWR readings and did you make any modifications or improvements to your version? So we're looking forward to those. We'll complete, we'll compile those uh, into a posting after T-Rex to share with others. Now, I'm going to wrap up this volume of Partisan Radio. Next week, the day before Cascadia Rising kicks off, which will be four days out from T-Rex kicking off, I'll be prepping you for T-Rex with more information. And specifically for T-Rex, for those of you who don't know, and this is maybe new to you this year, what to listen for, what to report, how and when to report, more information about participating, and updates that we've added to the Cascadia Rising resources posting I'll be announcing then as well to let you know what's, what's been added. And I'll be talking more about the contest, the contest word, how to participate, and the prizes that we'll be giving away. This week, I want you to get your software programs updated if they're not already. Get that coax order that you've been meaning to. Get that shortwave radio out and test it. Program your radios. The scanner, too, if you have one. Program your radios with the new frequencies that we've listed in those resources Get all of those updated to reflect emergency disaster communications frequencies that could be used in your area. Organize your communications folders or your, your three-ring binders or comms binders and print out the forms from the resources tab at amron.com. 
get your FL message forms, your custom Amron forms, and your digital mode software all dialed in. And remember, the most current version of the SOI, which we'll be going by during T-Rex, is version 3. If you only have version 2 or an older version, you'll be disappointed and left feeling all alone in the world. There's some significant changes that were made to version 3 back in, what, December of 2014? Over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago. If you've only if you only have version two, contact me at John Jacob at RadioFreeReadout.com. In closing, nets are this week, so you've got the perfect opportunity to test everything out. We'll be sending out FL message forms. We'll be testing digital modes during the nets, and we'll give you a last opportunity to check into the nets before the games begin. So, more training and information to follow. Keep checking back at Amron.com. This has been Volume 37 of Partisan Radio, and this is John Jacob Schmidt signing off. Out. As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.